Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Pleased to say joining us right now is Jeffrey Sherman. He's Double Line Capital's Deputy Chief Investment Officer. Uh, Jeff, great to see you again here. Uh, as you know, there's been so much talk right now about what 2024 is going to hold. Is it going to be materially different than 2023? Uh, so far, it seems like we're just kind of singing from the same hymnal that we had for a good portion of last year here. I mean, what are you sort of banking on as far as anything being materially different than what we saw last year? Well, if you think about where we're starting the year, like at least from the bond market's perspective, it's not much different than where we entered last year. Uh, there was a lot of volatility throughout the year. I think the 10-year Treasury effectively almost closed exactly where it started, uh, 2020, or where it closed in 2022. So as you start to look across the board, I think the, the things that have changed a little bit are some of the risk in the market. I know last year it was something like, um, I don't know, like 80% of economists were forecasting for a recession last year and that Fed policy was going to to be a bit, uh, very problematic and uh, you know it didn't really materialize but I think th those risks are still building out there but the big question is is that is the Fed going to actually do the opposite and come to the rescue and you know you're starting to see there's there's talks of if you look at the Fed minutes yesterday there were talks of rate hikes in it there's talks of a pause in it and there's talks of rate cuts in it so mm -hmm. I think there's something for everyone right now <laughs> and uh, really I think what we're going to have to be focusing on is the labor market and I was listening to your banter about the the buy now, pay later concept too. And that doesn't give me a, a lot of great feelings about the consumer for just using credit to get there. And again, maybe it's a substitute for a credit card. Maybe it's something else. Yeah. But I, I think that as you look, as, as you look into this year to the, the risk are still there mm -hmm. uh, for that recession. And ultimately, I think it's going to really come down to uh, essentially how the labor market unfolds. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what everybody's focusing on, probably less so than maybe the direct inflation reports. I am curious that when you go back to early last year when everybody really was predicting the potential for a recession and we should just in fairness that our folks here at Bloomberg Intelligence were predicting a 100% chance of a recession in 2023. That proved to be wrong but there was a reason why those calls were made Jeff. You saw the data. It was all there suggesting at least on a historical basis we were headed towards one. You had a yield curve inversion that was the, the worst that we've seen since the financial crisis. What happened? Well, um, 100% is tough in markets, so I would I would caution your your uh, your your economists from always doing 100% probability. <laughs> At least put a 99.9 on it. That onto them. That's why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I would never say zero either. That's called infinitesimal <laughs> on the other side. So uh, that's just my little mathematical brain. But uh, at the end of the day, I, I think what, what's happened there is that those those risks still are, are present. And so the thing is, the yield curve is still inverted. This is one of the longest uh, tenures of of uh, yield curve inversion when you look at like twos, tens um, since really back in the early 40s. And so it's really problematic uh, that you see that the market is really fighting the Fed here too. And so the market, the, the rallies we've seen, uh, what we've been calling the, the, the everything rally since November 1st, um, really just started to really be predicated on rate cuts again. So if the Fed was really tried and true with their higher for longer mantra, uh, I think that we would get closer to the recession. And, you know, when people call 
call for soft landings, usually what that means is that there's some problematic area of the economy. It just doesn't have the breadth across. That, that's what makes it a hard landing. And so uh, I still think that there, there are still some challenged areas. But if, if we start to see some of these rate cuts, maybe some of those problematic areas do get skirted. And, and the, the Fed achieves the, the miracle of being able to really navigate this hiking cycle and be able to normalize policy back without causing pain. The problem is, is that historically, the Fed has a 100% track record in most of these instances um, of causing a recession, at least when they stay dedicated to the hiking cycle. Right, right. Well, interest rates are a very blunt tool when it comes down to it. You mentioned risks. What is the bigger risk right now? Um, a reignition in inflation or a stronger than expected labor market, which is kind of what we're seeing signs of right now. Yeah, I, I think the labor market has been relatively strong. I know a lot of people question it, saying, you know, is it the birth-death model? And, you know, we've seen some net revisions negative. But but on, on whole, the labor market has, has held up pretty resiliently. And when you look at unemployment claims today, the new data coming out, whether it's continuing or initial claims, they're, they're, not, they're not putting up red flags at this point. And so um, I, I don't think that the labor market is going to reignite and you're going to start to see three and 400,000 jobs per month being created. Uh, but I do think that the bigger risk is the inflation. And I think the Fed will have concerns about some of this, which is why we kind of scratch our heads with Jay Powell at the last press conference. You know, in November, he talked about financial conditions being tied, the bond market signaling it, then rates rally, financial conditions ease. Mm -hmm. It made no mention really of it at the last press conference. But if the Fed does believe in these wealth effects um, that, that we heard from Bernanke in, in two administrations ago at the Fed, that ultimately, you know, when when people feel wealthier, risk assets rally, their portfolios go up, they spend more, maybe then all of a sudden this starts to cause some concern at the Fed that we start to see this kind of reacceleration of inflation. But uh, at this stage, we, we see core inflation has been dampening. The trajectory is right, but the market is definitely extrapolating this into that the Fed is going to normalize yeah. policy back to a much lower rate. And uh, it just seems that it's a little optimistic today mm -hmm. to think that's going to happen so soon as early as March. So when it comes down to it, a lot of corporate bond analysts will look at the credit market right now, look at where spreads are right now, and say that at least at the end of December, it was priced for perfection. Given where we stand right now after two days of declines, and I know we're seeing a bit of recovery today, what's priced right now? Yeah. What's priced in? Yeah, I, I don't know if it's perfection out there, but I think what it is is that we're, we're going to have a smooth process or the softest kind of landing. Or um, I, I don't typically believe in a no landing scenario because there's always a bankruptcy or two there. But uh, I think what you see in corporate spreads is that the idea that at least the can is kicked down the road. And think about the problems we saw with high yield and spreads widening out. Once we got the rally, you saw a lot of refinancing activity over the summer. Uh, some of the, the debt that was due, let's say, in 2024 got extended out. And you're seeing that both in investor grade and high yield where the, the tenors or the maturities have been have been uh, taken out farther along the curve. And so typically when you have a big default cycle, it's either concentrated in one industry or you have what's called the maturity wall that, that really hits where you get all this debt that has to be refinanced at the same time and the market kind of has indigestion over that. And so this smoothness of this refinancing has probably caused some of these spreads to come in a little bit as 
well when you look at the overall market because in general what you've seen is just this kind of idea that well the debt isn't due it's buy now pay later right yeah. exactly what we're talking about all you have to do is carry the coupon and so you're willing to finance at a higher coupon simply because you want to be able to survive through the cycle and so um, this is this is part of I think where you see spreads being tighter is for that reason so I don't know if it's perfection I mean remember pre-pandemic we've seen spreads inside of a hundred on corporate bonds I mean um, there was a period there in the in the mid teens where we traded in the 60s and 70s so yeah. you, you have this idea where ultimately this isn't perfection yeah. but it doesn't give you a lot of wiggle room at this stage is it easier now uh, I guess to uh, execute execute uh, the trades and and whatever sort of investment vision that's coming out of the investment community there is it easier to do that now in this environment versus maybe where we were at the start of the rate hiking cycle well, I, I think right now what you see is that the, the issuance activity is picked up because yields are lower. So not just spreads being tighter, but effectively the Treasury rates being lower. So when you when you look at the rally we've seen over the last you know couple of months, I mean, in some instances, some parts of the curve are in 100 basis points. And so this all of a sudden makes it meaningfully more attractive for these, these companies to come out. So I know our corporate team has been talking about it uh, in our meetings this week about just the amount of issuance coming in the marketplace again. Again, because corporate CFOs are smart yeah. and say, hey, it's a good time to access the market. We don't know how long it lasts. Let's go ahead and let's get out into the market and do some of our traditional issuance. And so there, there's the ideal uh, ability to affect those trades. But at the beginning of the hiking cycle, it was still pretty easy as well because there was this, this uh, dearth of supply coming because effectively people are saying, oh, here comes the hiking cycle. <laughs> right. I need to go issue the debt today. Right. So it, it's it, the idea here is, is not that you know, it's, it's ever easier, more challenging. It's all about liquidity. And when you get rate rally, or I'm sorry, you get asset price rallies, things become easier to yes. execute. And what we're seeing right now is what, what our, our credit folks call a grabby market. And that's a technical term we use here. Just people are looking for bonds. They're grabbing onto anything, anything that has yield right now. And so you're seeing this, especially in markets that haven't had supply, something like our commercial real estate markets, right? right, right. CMBS, which was very problematic for a lot of investors, we're, we're hearing about people trying to bid on bonds three, four points higher today. And what it is is that they're thinking about the end of the hiking cycle. They're thinking that these things are potentially going to start to clear better. Mm -hmm. And so you're starting to see some of that activity. But, um, you know, that that's where we teach patience and persistence. So you have a seasoned team. You don't go chase those of grabby course. type of areas and you make sure you have the positioning coming into it. A grabby market. I like the way you put that. Jeffrey Sherman of Double Line Capital. Appreciate your joining us and giving us some of your time. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at CarterEconomicForum.com.